You're listening to The Powerhouse Musician, a podcast for classical musicians to hone the business skills we need to thrive in today's classical music scene. I'm Rebecca Lane, your music studio and business coach, owner and director of the Lane School of Music and Rebecca Lane Coaching. So buckle up. Let's turn you into a powerhouse musician. So I get questions a lot about what systems we use, what programs we use, how we organize information at the Lane School of Music. Today, I'm going to share with you the top three pieces of technology that we use and why I think you need to use them too. And, you know, why they're just super effective. And actually, I think all of the ones I'm sharing with you today are free. Yes, they all have free versions and they have paid versions. And we're using the free version in a lot of situations. So I'm going to share my top three with you today. And the reason I'm thinking of this is because one of them is Google Drive, specifically Google Sheets. And today I am doing a training inside of Music Studio Society, which is my private group just for music teachers. This is, right now I'm speaking to you, you could be any kind of musician, but probably you have some students. The people who are inside Music Studio Society are music teachers specifically with their own studios or they want to build their own studios. Some of them have lots of students. Some of them just have a few or just starting out and some of them are very advanced and have, you know, other teachers working for them and everything else. And today I'm doing a training inside that group on Google Sheets specifically and how we use Google Sheets specifically in the Lane School of Music and how that's been so helpful for us and how to set up a Google Sheet that could be effective for several different usages in music studios. So if you're curious about that and you want to join that group, let me know. It is a paid group and it is exclusive for music teachers. But I want to dive in today. This is kind of the starter pack of our tech stack. So what I think anyone needs in order to have any any number of students at all, really, whether they're even your students or they work in another studio, I think these three items are really going to help you get things moving along nicely in your music studio. And if you're in the position where you're kind of starting to work away from teaching for someone else, these are the kinds of things that you would need and you would need to use them. So let's dive right in. There are three in my starter kit tech stack. And the first one is, of course, Google Sheets. Google Sheets, as you know, is a really highly accessible tool. I use it a lot in my personal life as well. It can be used to organize finances. It's essentially a better version, I think, of Microsoft Excel, if you've ever used that. And it is free if you have a Gmail account, which is also free. So, you know, if you have a Gmail email address, then you get Google Drive for free. You get to store all of, you know, documents and files and spreadsheets in your Google Drive. And there's quite a bit of storage, even with the free account, which I've been using for years. And lots and lots of people use this too. For the Lane School of Music, we have kind of the business version, like G Suite or whatever it's called. And we use spreadsheets for so many different things. It's only been in the last couple of years that we've started moving some of our information off of Google Sheets and into other software programs because it's actually so powerful and so effective. So Google Sheets works really well and is really effective. And we use it for things like our student database. So storing all the information on our students, their names, their email addresses. For a long time, we stored all of the payment information on there. We still use it regularly when we are sending out emails. So we do what's called a mail merge right from a Google Sheet. It's like a customized email that you can send right from a Google Sheet so that, you know, certain fields like certain names and details about a specific person go straight into the email. But the email template is the same for everyone. 
super powerful. So our student database is stored on there. We use this for recital emails, for registration emails, pre-registration emails. We also have a version that we use for our teachers. So there is a formula that is really simple to use. I think it's called import range. It's like a query import range formula. If you look it up, you'll be able to find it. I'm sharing that training actually inside of Music Studio Society as well, exactly how to set this up and make this work. But this formula allows you to pull certain information out of one spreadsheet without necessarily bringing all of it. So we are pulling out of our student database information that is specific for each teacher, and that's what they see. So we don't want to share every single student's contact information with every single teacher. We just want to show them their specific students. And so we can do that using Google Sheets. And it's like, again, free, powerful, exactly what we need it to do, really customizable and really scalable because we have about 40 teachers now at the Lane School of Music and they all have their own Google Sheet. It works pretty well. It's been a pretty good system for us. So that's definitely one of our main uses is giving our teachers their student lists and it pulling from our master lists. We also have used Google Sheets in the past for things like camp registrations or, you know, if someone's purchasing something and we want to make sure that we are tracking it, we put it in a Google Sheet. We also track our permanent schedule on a Google Sheet. And there are really fancy ways that you can track like a rolling schedule on Google Sheets. I've seen people do this. It's not perfect, but it does work. But we only use it for our permanent schedule. So what I mean is like what students are in which time slots with which teachers. That's all stored on one single Google Sheet. We have a different Google Sheet for each location and we have a different tab on those sheets for each day of the week. And it's a really nice way for us to get a quick snapshot of what is supposed to be happening in each school and each location every single week. It doesn't mean that all of those students come in every single week because sometimes there are cancellations or there are makeup lessons or whatever, but we have the permanent schedule stored there. And it's also a really useful tool at registration time when we are doing the scheduling, putting everyone into that schedule is really helpful to do on a sheet so that you can see everyone all in the same place and it's not changing week to week. You can see exactly what it's supposed to look like for every single week. So super helpful that way. And I think that's the the main things that we use Google Sheets for. The other things that I use it for as a music school director is I do a lot of projections on Google Sheets. So I will look at numbers, metrics, how many students we have now, how many I think we're going to have by the end of the month or the end of the year or by, you know, this time next year or something like that. And then how that fans out into revenue. And so I can't do that with financial reports are really useful if you're using something like you know, as a studio owner or as a private studio owner, you might have like Stripe or you might be using My Music Staff or something like that. And it might be showing you how much has been paid to you in the past. Super useful. You need that information. Those are called financial reports, though. And in order to create financial projections, a tool like Google Sheets can be really useful because you can go into the future. You cannot see that in your, you know, payment database, if you're using like Stripe or whatever, and it's like stored somewhere on the internet or even your bank statements, how much money came in, you can't project that into the future and see how much money you're going to be making next month or the month after that or the year after that. So a spreadsheet can help you to extrapolate that information that you have from a report and make a projection to see how much you are going to be making in terms of revenue. And also to plug in some numbers and say, you know, this is what I'm projected to make, but this is actually what I would like to make. 
And this is how I can make it happen. If I want to make X number of dollars per month, that means that I'm going to need to take on X number of new students in order to bring that in or X number of gigs or whatever. So you can see where the discrepancy is between what you're doing now and what you want to be doing in the future. Super, super helpful tool. Love Google Sheets. That is tech stack item number one. Tech stack item number two is JotForm. And JotForm is a form builder, an online form builder, and then you can embed these forms onto your website if you have a website. Even if you don't have a website, you can send people a link just to that form and have them fill it out. What would you use forms for? Well, at the Lane School of Music, we use forms for a lot of things. We use an intake form when students are requesting a lesson with us. We have a contact us form. We have all in all of those, we have specific ones for each location in most cases. We also have registration forms and pre-registration forms, tons of things like that students could be requesting. And I have actually a whole bunch of ideas of things that we could be using forms for that we aren't currently right now. Any time where you consistently have an exchange of emails back and forth with a person that asks very similar questions every single time, that can be made into a form. And so if you make that form and you ask the right questions, you can dramatically reduce the amount of admin time you're doing. Even if you are, you know, booking wedding gigs, what are all the questions that you typically have to retrieve from someone when they're inquiring about your wedding services? Put that into a form and just send them the link and say, fill this out. And then I can, you know, let you know if I can help you or how much it's going to cost or whatever. So put all that information into a form. And so at the Lane School of Music, we have them at different spots in our student journey, different forms that people fill out for different usages. And I can think of countless other ways that we should be using forms to decrease the amount of email back and forth between the students and their parents and our administrators. So forms, extremely helpful for this. And I love JotForm because it has, first of all, excellent conditional formatting. Conditional formatting means things like if they answer the question in this way, then they see all these other options. So for example, if a student asks at the Lane School of Music, you know, they're asking for lessons at, you know, our Bloor Street location, then we can show them the only the instruments that we offer at that location using conditional formatting. Or we can say something like, you know, if they've picked the Leaside location, then they get, when they submit the form, they get sent an email that is specific to that location. So this is really useful in your customer journey, in your student journey, or whatever, whoever your customers are, really, that you have customized questions and answers and responses in the emails that you send them afterwards that are linked to the questions that they answer, the answers that they give you. So you're only giving them certain options and you're only giving them certain responses based on what they told you. Google Forms does have this capability, but I think if you try JotForm, you will find that it is much more powerful. JotForm does have a free version and it's usually enough for most people unless you're taking in hundreds of forms per month, like people are submitting the same form hundreds of times per month, then the free version will be enough for you for JotForm. It has a lot more options. The other thing that I love about JotForm versus Google Forms, nothing against Google Forms. I mean, I've used them for many years. Google Forms are great and they're free and they're easy to customize. But the thing that I love about JotForm that Google Forms cannot do is that JotForm can collect payments. So all you have to do to collect payments on JotForm is to connect it to something like your PayPal account or your Stripe account. 
and you can create products and, you know, options for, you know, things that people can buy right in jot form. You can put limits on how many of them they can buy. So let's say you're running a summer camp or you're selling concert tickets and there's a limit on how many people you want to buy a certain thing, then you can put a purchase limit on it. It's kind of like setting up inventory. So you can say how many you're allowing people to buy and then it won't let people buy. It'll say sold out. It'll gray it out on the form after you have sold that many and the money immediately gets deposited into your account. It does go through PayPal or Stripe or whatever. I actually don't know if it integrates with PayPal exactly. It might just be Stripe and there are a few other payment systems. So don't quote me on PayPal, but it does take a fee when you go through these things. I don't think Jotform takes the fee. I think Stripe takes it. So there are lots of different ways that you can set it up, but you cannot do that on Google Forms. You you simply cannot. So one of the really great things about Jotform that has been wonderful for us is when we register new students, we collect their payment information for their first payment via Jotform. It's actually even, you know, there's more to it than that even. But we collect, if we collect one payment, then we can charge them over and over again on that same card for future payments. So it's a really great way to capture payment information from a student. It's not quite that simple. I won't get into all the details, but this is something that is just completely impossible with Google Forms because it doesn't integrate with payments at all. And I think the reason for that is Google Forms is like a public platform. And I think there's a lot of liability when you start integrating with other payment platforms about compliance and making sure it's secure and all of that. And Google just probably doesn't want to involve itself in that for Google Forms. So Google Forms can be great for things like surveys and, you know, forms that you don't need to collect payment information on and you never will. But if you want that option and you want to make it really customized and really tailored to the specific need that you have for the form, then JotForm is great. And I highly recommend that you check it out. The last thing in our tech stack, and again, this is kind of the starter kit. We have a lot of different technology items and subscriptions and things that we use that I won't get into today, but these are my top three. The last one that I highly recommend that you check out If you do not have a website yet, I highly recommend that you build one using Wix. Whenever I say Wix, I feel like people roll their eyes at me because it's not known as the most fabulous website builder. I mean, I think WordPress is still considered to be the gold standard for building websites, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret, which is that I have built the Lane School of Music in seven years to a million dollars on a Wix website. That is the truth. And Wix is a drag and drop kind of design, designed for you almost kind of website structure. So it is a website platform. There are templates that you can use to build out your pages. They have suggestions for colors and things like that, but you can customize it however you want. You can make it as beautiful or as customized as you want it to be. But the great thing about Wix is that it literally is what they call drag and drop. Like you're selecting functions from a menu, you're selecting items from a menu and you're putting them into your website and you can test them all out to see how they look. You can preview it. And it's just, it's really, really easy to use. So the one thing that I love about Wix and one of the reasons why I have really hesitated in moving over to any other platform for our website is because it's so easy to use that I can get someone else to do the website updates for me. I don't have to go to a design professional. I don't have to go to someone who's really well-versed in that specific platform. I can just be like, log on, 
change this around. This is how you're going to do it. It's really easy and most people can figure it out really quickly. So Wix is just so simple and user-friendly to use. The learning curve is a little bit steep at first, but it's way steeper for any other website platform. So if you're building a website from nothing and you want to design it yourself and you want to do a DIY situation, you don't want to pay hundreds of dollars for someone else to do it, then I really recommend that you do it on Wix. It's going to be much easier. They do have a free version, but that means that you're using their like URL, their domain kind of. It's part of a Wix website. So it will say www.wix.com slash Rebecca Lane or whatever. So it will have that in your whatever it's called, URL or website domain or whatever it's called. It won't be like RebeccaLane.com. So whatever you are using it for, if it's free, you need to know that that is what it will look like when you're typing out the email address. And if you need it to be more professional than that, then you will need to pay. It's not a ton of money and they have different sales and things like that. So it's usually a pretty accessible way to get your own website up and running is to just build it for free first. And then when you're kind of ready to fly, then start paying for the subscription so that you have the domain that you want. Now, the one thing I will say about Wix and the biggest complaint that most people have is that it has really terrible SEO capabilities. SEO is, of course, search engine optimization. And that means when someone is looking for you in Google, if you have a Wix website, often it's harder for them to find you. I have never found this to be the case with Wix. I think this is in many ways, the biggest complaint about Wix is that it's like, it's too basic. It's too entry level for it to really work well for you kind of when you're sleeping, like people are going to find you on the internet unless you give them your website. And I always found I was giving people my website anyway. I was posting it everywhere. I was running Facebook ads to it. We still do. I was doing all of the things to just post my website everywhere. I wasn't relying on Google to show me to show everyone what my website was or what my music school was or where it was. I mean, if you want to do that and you want to get into that, then you really need to go into like Google pages for business and set one of those up. Then Google will pay attention to you. I don't think it's really about the SEO that you have built into your website per se. At least it wasn't for us as a brick and mortar location. And I know for a lot of musicians, SEO probably isn't something that you need to be thinking about as much as many of us pretend that we are. And so, you know, one of the big backlashes and one of the reasons why people tend to not use Wix is because of that one complaint. And for the record, I don't think that's a very good one. I think all of the benefits outweigh that one little criticism of it. And so I think as a musician, Wix is the way to go, especially if you're starting with a low budget and you just need something to get a website up and running, go with Wix. The lovely thing about any website platform is that you can very easily have tons of pages on it that are hidden from the menu. And we have dozens of them at the Lane School of Music. We have pages that are just for teachers. We have pages that are just internal for admins. We have tons of pages that are like old that are archived, you know, our tuition pages from former years or our calendar from former years. We also have pages that are for upcoming years, upcoming tuition, upcoming payments, upcoming whatever, calendars, dates, etc. We have loads and loads of pages that aren't listed on our menu. And so you can easily do work kind of behind the scenes and then only post that page where and when you need to so that people can have access to the information only that you give them. So that's something to keep in mind when you're building out your website. You don't want to have a super messy website. And I'm not going to turn this into, you know, a discussion about like what goes on your website. That That's a whole other conversation. 
but you don't have, you don't need to have a ton of stuff on your website. In fact, less is more. You want to direct people to where you want them to go on your website and what you want them to do. But you can still have all of that access information, you know, either in your footer or like hidden somewhere, or you give out links when people ask for them. It doesn't have to be displayed front and center if you don't want it to be. And with Wix, it's really easy to do that. You just hide pages and then they go away. And Wix also has a great function where you can create the, and really have a lot of control over the mobile view. So uh, one of the problems of a lot of website platforms is that they will take the content that you put on, you know, you design your website and your pages and everything, and then you say like, okay, what's this going to look like on someone's cell phone? And it kind of mashes everything up and mixes it all up. And sometimes you don't have total autonomy over where all of the items go, the pictures, the buttons, the text, everything. With Wix, you really do. So you can move everything around and it's really simple to do that. So that's one of the reasons why I like it too, because one of the biggest problems with websites is that people design them on a computer, but typically people visit them on their phones nowadays. So it has to look really great in both views and Wix allows you to do that. It's easier to build on a bigger screen for you know various reasons that I think are probably obvious. It's just easier to see everything and organize everything but you really need it to look good in mobile. And Wix is a really good platform for that. So there you have it. That's my tech stack starter pack edition. It's Google Sheets specifically. I mean, Google Drive, but Google Sheets specifically, we use a lot. Jotform and Wix. And I want to say really quickly that all three of those things integrate together really, really nicely. So we have Jotforms that create data in a Google Sheet, first of all. And we also can embed our job form really easily on our Wix website. That's also really simple and easy to do. So when you're creating your own personal tech stack, make sure that you choose elements that integrate together. And sometimes, you know, those really niche, small or very free platforms that don't have a lot of users yet, they don't integrate well with the other items that you've chosen. And so you want to choose things that have the integrations that you want so that all of your technology talks to itself and talks to each other and sends the information back and forth the way it's supposed to. Otherwise, your technology is working against you and you're still going to be doing a lot of manual labor to make everything work and, you know, organize your information and your data. So that's our tech stack. I hope that is helpful. I might do another one of these, another training at some point on kind of a director's version and what I think you need once you have gotten to the level where you have other teachers besides yourself and what you need in order to organize a team, specifically if you're running a music school. So that'll be another episode. But for now, stick with Google Sheets, Jotform, and Wix as your website builder, and you're good to go. So I hope this was helpful. Have a wonderful day, everyone, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Powerhouse Musician. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think will love it. To meet more powerhouse musicians like yourself, join my free Facebook group, The Powerhouse Musicians. Until next time, I'm Rebecca Lane, and you are a powerhouse musician.